Kitchen. Welcome to Cody and Gold on a very special edition. Special guests include Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride in the 11 o'clock hour and two guys who are so excited to be back in the same studio that they're going to rent an Airbnb this weekend. Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. What's up, Jed? As you can tell, we got Jed producing the show today. Nick is out. Good to have Jed back. Jed Talks coming your way a little bit later on. And, uh, yeah, uh, look, with, I think Cody probably feels the same way. Uh, it's be nice to to not see each other this weekend. Be fine. <laughs> It'd be nice to, to just get away. Lived in the same yeah. place for nine days. Uh-huh. In the same room for three of those nights. <laughs> that's right. Really just two of those days. And we were busy those, those days. Yeah, that's but. the thing. But fortunately, we but, fall asleep uh, in like five seconds because it was long days. But... Yeah, it'll be nice to. I'm just even the last couple of nights sleeping, sleep in your own bed, and uh, just kind of relax. Nice weather this weekend too. I think it's me in the 50s, so I think most people are gonna take it easy this weekend and kind of reset things, and that'll be nice. Hope everybody has a chance to enjoy a long weekend for many with the uh, federal holiday coming up on Monday with President's Day too. Are you planning on enjoying the long weekend? What are you gonna do with that Monday? We're gonna do that extra time in your life, Cole. Honestly. I need to clean my apartment a little bit. I actually am going to go and rent the, the, the steamer, clean the, clean, clean the carpets a little bit. It's that time. I try to do that every couple months after having a dog or having a dog, I should say. So, yeah, it's going to be it's kind of Catch a lazy, lazy weekend. And as I said, it's going to be nice weather. So I'm going to try to try to go out, maybe a little patio drinking and relax this weekend. That's the plan. Sounds like a good idea. Jed, you planning on hitting up a patio at some point this weekend? No. We'll get into that <laughs> later. During oh, is that going to be during Jet Talks? Yeah. No, Jed does not. It doesn't sound like his weekend's going to be fun at all. No, it's going to be terrible. But again, nice tease there. Okay, that'll work. We'll for find later, out what Jed's going to be doing a little bit later on uh, in the show. Uh, as you mentioned, though, Pete Sweeney going to join us in the 11 o'clock hour. He'll be with us for the entire 11 o'clock hour. We have some things from Phoenix that we have to address. We have not talked about on air. We've waited, waited all week till today to bring them up. Uh, we teased it a little bit during the roundtable on Fesco in the morning. There was an incident or two involving Pete Sweeney on Saturday at the Waste Management Open, or on the way to the Waste Management Open as well. Didn't even get there. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll fill you in. Uh, can't wait to, to talk about that. A new author, Pete Sweeney, is as well. So that's coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. You guys can always hit us up on the J South Lento Service text line, 913-586-7610. Coming up in about eight minutes, we'll get to Travis Kelsey, who, of course, was on Late Night TV yesterday. He's going to be on SNL in a couple Saturdays. And really what that says about where we're at as Chiefs fans and where we're at as this franchise is uh, the model franchise in all of sports at this point in time. But there was a change the Chiefs made going back to 2021, really, and the Super Bowl loss to the Tampa Bay Bucks to get to this point, what they had to do. You know, I think it's probably a two-year process because it includes a little bit that loss to Cincinnati last season. But this is a really good point from Mina Kimes over at ESPN when she was talking about just how versatile this team is and gold, whether you think it's a dynasty like I do or you're waiting a year like you are in order to declare that their willingness to completely change who they were in that time is why we are standing here on a Friday, the week after they won a Super Bowl, getting ready to enjoy a long-ass weekend, you know, with the Chiefs as Super Bowl champs all the way until next damn February before someone can even have a chance to knock them off as the reigning champions. And so the key of this was they had, and we know some of this, like we know that they, you know, people run all this too high stuff and done this, but really what happened was the Chiefs have been operating at a certain type of offensive line play that worked incredibly well for them. 
It got them to a Super Bowl and it helped them win one. They were a 50-touchdown, 5,000-yard MVP winner in the other season. They were athletic and quick. And, yeah, sometimes not as good in the run blocking or sometimes not as physical as the rest of us. But when you go back in, they changed the way they played offense. They absolutely did. They decided to be more stout up front. They became, even though you don't think they run a lot, a more run-heavy personnel-style team. By the way, they didn't just run all these multiple tight end sets the entire time. That only started after Tampa Bay. They got through that game in Tampa Bay, and they were like, I don't know. It's not that this model doesn't work the way we're playing football. It's that it might not work in the long haul. And they changed the way that they looked fundamentally over a two-year time period that led them to a Super Bowl and being the best position team to win the Super Bowl again next year and for the foreseeable future. That is an easier thing to do or to say than do. I want to make that very clear. They were having massive amounts of success. They had been to two Super Bowls in a row. They had won one. They had an MVP season and an AFC title game appearance the year before that, and they still decided gold to change who they were. I do not think that that can be underestimated. I also think that right there, what you're saying and how they did it, that's where you you give all the credit in the world to Andy Reid, right? And yes, and Brett Veach. and, and Veach, yeah. but their ability to adapt and as long as Andy has coached 14 years in Philly as a head coach, now 10-plus years in Kansas City, you don't have the success that he's had without your ability to adapt. And that's what's made him so, I think, unique as well, is we think about the, the offensive minds in this league, and a lot of them that people will focus in on are the young guys, right? Like Sean McVay, for example. But Andy Reid is in his 60s, and yet he is still the most innovative offensive mind in the league. Kyle Shanahan gets a lot of praise, as he should, for the running schemes and everything like that. Of course, continuing to build on what his dad did. And Mike Shanahan. But he just is who he is. But he is who he is. Andy Reid, though, has been able to change season to season, era to era, quarterback to quarterback. Uh, and that that's why we talk about Andy Reid as being one of the all-time great coaches in this league's history. And to your point about what happened in that Super Bowl against the Bucs, we know the offensive line and all that, that's where Brett Veach comes into play with this whole conversation, too their ability to go and fix that O-line in one offseason. And they're still reaping the benefits of that right now. Easier said than done, by the way. Cincinnati and tried to fix their offensive line in a single offseason, and it didn't work. It didn't. They improved, but it wasn't the same shift. And they're, the, the Chiefs are going to reap the benefits of that rebuild for years to come because of guys like Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. They're going to have to figure out what they want to do at left tackle and right tackle. We were talking about that the, the, the other day. You know, I, I think they're not going to be able to uh, – fix left and right tackle in terms of replace left and right tackle. To me, one of those guys has to stay. I tend to believe Orlando Brown Jr. will be the answer to that. I think Andrew Wiley is going to get quite a bit of money on the open market. We'll see. I, I think Andrew Wiley deserves all kinds of credit for becoming a real franchise right tackle, and someone's going to see that. We thought he was just a spot starter for the most part, and he played a full season. All that is how they've built this thing up to where they're at, and I think it's it truly is. It sounds cliche, but – it, it did take every level of the organization to make this thing work from that loss to the Bucs, a devastating loss in the Super Bowl where we all knew at halftime, even with my Patrick Mahomes, that was one of, that was one of the rare times actually where at halftime of a game with Mahomes where you just knew like this, just, it's, yeah, this it's one really happen. such a different feel. I mean, the chiefs were down 10 to Philly and nobody thought the chiefs were done in that game, but against the Bucs, you just, it was a different feel because of how disastrous the offensive line was at that time. I just think it's again, it's really hard to, be willing to do that. Gold, they were having unprecedented amounts of success in a three-year time period. They'd been to three straight AFC title games and been to back-to-back Super Bowls. And they could have just very simply said, okay, we got hurt. That's why we lost the Super Bowl. Everything we're doing is working. Everything is great. We kick ass. We're awesome. And we're just going to keep doing that. 
And instead, over a you know year and a half time period, they completely altered their style. They run more 13 personnel. They run more multiple tight end sets than any team in the league. Do you realize how little sense that makes? They decided from going to being one of the most over-the-top, we're-going-to-burn-you-for-60-yards-at-a-time offenses to saying, oh, we'll still get more 20-plus-yard plays than anyone else in the league, but we're going to throw the ball 12 yards, and we're going to let the guy run the other eight. And Andy Reid's ability to scheme and unwillingness to say, oh, I'm too, you know, like, there's no hubris. There's none of that. He is willing, and clearly Patrick is willing, to change who they are fundamentally. I think that that's a re- – hey. again, they defensively a little bit too, by the way. They didn't, you know, like – They've run Spag's system this entire time, but they've had to change some of the ways that they operate in that regard too, including this season when they were willing for the first time maybe in Steve Spagnuolo's entire history to run out a half a dozen rookies as starters pretty much on a regular basis. When two years ago, we're like, stop playing Anthony Hitchens and Dan Sorensen. Yeah, but that, I think that they came had those from, guys in a Super Bowl win, and they still went the other way. Yeah, I think that came, obviously, with the way they approached the offseason in terms of what the, the cards you were dealt. I'm sure they had conversations with how they were approaching the offseason with Steve Spagnuolo, but based off of who they kept, who they were willing to let walk, guys like Tyron Matthew, for example, that that was kind of the card you were dealt. And to Spags' credit, he made it work. As the season went on, these rookies got better and better. And I still think one of the underrated parts of this season is is the McDuffie injury. And what I mean by that is the McDuffie injury in week one forced their hand to playing Jalen Watson more, Joshua Joshua Williams more. And not only did Jalen Watson answer the call in a big way, and it had that pick six in week two against Justin Herbert and the Chargers for, what, 99 yards, which was a massive play. That playing time that Watson and Williams were forced to have early on in the season because of some injuries, I, I don't know if we're talking necessarily about the same result at the end of this season because they need they needed those guys in week 16 and then on through the playoffs. They, they needed those guys against Jacksonville. Jalen Watson comes up with a huge interception against Trevor Lawrence. We obviously know the tip drill. Brian Cook tips the ball up against uh, Cincinnati, leads to an interception. We can go on and on and on. Uh, it, it was really an exceptional buildup throughout the entire season. We, we, we talk all the time in sports about – Uh, just finding a way to peak at the right time. And just, you got 17 weeks to figure this thing out. And for Kansas city, it's always about building it up for the playoffs. You might lose that week nine game. That really doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Can you build it up enough to where you're in a position for those guys when it matters most? And that, that is of course in Kansas city, always going to be the postseason. always is going to be those AFC title games. And, and they did, they, everything worked. Uh, and and you, you couldn't ask for it to turn out any better than how it did as well. And that's what also leads to the Chiefs being on this national and international stage. The Kansas City Chiefs are going to have a football player hosting SNL, Cody. Travis Kelsey, if you missed it, last night was on Jimmy Fallon, which was a cool show just to be on anyway. And he made the announcement that he's going to be hosting SNL here in a couple Saturday nights. We have a big announcement that you're going to announce here on the show tonight. I'm very excited about this. You're going to be back in our building in a few weeks. Can you say why you're coming yeah, back? Yeah, for sure. I mean, growing up, um, I was a huge, like, Farley, uh, Farrell, Fallon um, <laughs> kind of guy growing up. And, um, yeah, I used to watch Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live with my mother. And um, it's, a, it's an absolute honor and a, and a privilege to be uh, hosting SNL March 4th. <laughs> It's going to be great. I am so nervous for that. Oh, my God. You are going to be so good. 
I was talking to Lauren today. I'm like, oh, he's so charming and he can sing and he's fun and it's so good. You think that about me? I do. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I do. I know. I, I was like, yeah, blessed, I do. Right? Oh, you're, I, it's amazing. <laughs> but Kelsey Ballerini is a musical guest. Yes. So that's, yes. it's going to be a hot show. Congratulations on Thank that. Thank you very much. We have a big. So that was uh, last night on, on Jimmy Fallon. The tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is what's great about the NFL. We talk about the discrepancies in baseball and the unfortunate oh, circuit, market size. Market and all size. Those things. Yeah. In the NFL, and this is why the league is so popular too, you can be the face of a league, Patrick Mahomes, and be in Kansas City. You can be a tight end in Kansas City, and you're going to now host SNL. There's only been a handful of players in the NFL's history that have had that opportunity. And I do think Kelsey's going to crush it, by the way. They are Hall of Famers, by the way. Joe Montana, Walter Payton, Deion Sanders, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and J.J. Watt. Think about that grouping of players and Travis Kelsey being included in it. Now, well, one, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, and he's going to go down oh, as the, one of the greatest, if not the greatest tight end when it's all said and done as well. So. And he's super entertaining. So in addition to that, it's going to go, you know, like that portion of it plays. This is fantastic news. If you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, if you ever want these people to take these, like, discounts, if you're just curious how big of a superstar is Travis Kelsey, here's all the answers you need to know. He's hosting Saturday Night Live. I mean, again, that is an incredibly exclusive group. Most of the time meant for quarterbacks, right? Because that's the way it works. Tom Brady, Joe Montana, and Peyton Manning eating up, a th- you know, half of all of the NFL players to ever do it, that or you have to be one of the most entertaining players of all time, like Deion Sanders, <laughs> right? I mean, it takes a lot. Oh, that, it takes a lot to be invited to do this. It is a massive deal. There are several things I want to see. I told you on the morning show, I really want to see some sort of Cincinnati mayor sketch. I desperately want Andy Reid to come. I don't feel like it's going to happen. Somebody's got to like make Donna a cameo. Kelsey or Mahomes. Yeah. Like those things seem like they're totally plausible. Definitely can't happen. Might very well happen is cameos and Jason Kelsey. I want Andy. He seems like he'd have to be, you'd have to really convince him, but Andy Reid on Saturday night live would be great. Yeah. Any, any teammate, I think you have to expect maybe a potential cameo. And if they can make the schedule work for Mahomes or somebody like that. And yeah, Andy would be incredible. I just don't, I don't know if that actually is, no? fe- is truly feasible. If they can convince him. Uh, to be on that stage. It sounded like it took a lot of convincing from Mahomes to get Andy in that State Farm commercial. Can they convince Andy to... Uh, now, Andy, you know, go out to California. I mean, it's already... I think they... The, is Fallon in L.A. too, or is that in New York? I can't remember. Fallon's New York, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. I think he... I, I get him. Kimball's out in L.A. That's who does it. So, I, I look, you can... You can look ahead for the next couple weeks and know that they're going to have some some funny stuff planned. And I know, I agree with the text line, that this thing is going to be uh, unbelievable local ratings, much like the parade. The parade did a 90 share. I, I mean, the Sweet ratings the best for Saturday S- Night Live ratings ever, gotten in a long like, time in ever, KC. Ever maybe in Kansas City? Like, I don't think it'll be close. Someone says there will 100% be a masterpiece sketch on SNL <laughs> with Kelsey. And that's more than possible. I, I mean, the fact that Kelsey's ho- Travis Kelsey's hosting it and the whole brother uh, Kelsey Bull thing, I imagine and the Kelsey he's going to... podcast is don't, massively Don't popular. you think he's going to get his brother a cameo? I, you don't think he's going to get Jason to pop in on that thing as well? I believe that would happen as well. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm curious to see how he does, because even as entertaining as you might be outside of that, like I actually believe when he says, I'm really nervous to do that. Athletes, 
can be hit or miss on Saturday Night Live. They're going to have him prep, though, and he's going to be great. You know the ones ones that they try to protect. Like, I remember watching an SNL with, like, Andy Roddick once, and he's in, like, three sketches, and they're really, really, really trying to limit what they're asking him to do, mostly just playing himself. If they give you a character, you're good here. You're going to be a big portion of this entire episode and not going to do that. But I always go back, like, I want it to be an infamous one because it's Travis Kelsey and it's Kansas City and just won the Super Bowl. I want us to think about the skit the same way. I'll never forget the Peyton Manning United Way one when he's pegging kids in the back of the in the back yeah. of the head yeah. with a football, telling him to go sit in a porta potty because they're in trouble for screwing up his game. I want a couple of defining moments for Travis I Kelsey mean, as the SNL. Host. He was singing on Fallon last night. He was. You know, it's interesting that I was just. It's interesting that I brought up singing because uh, uh, I, I know that you do some karaoke, and uh, <laughs> how did you know? Kind of out there. I, I, there. There was one song that has been very important to you during this playoff run, and I thought maybe if we can convince you. We got the roots. We got the best in the business yep. right there. Fellas, do you mind? Kick it! the crowd uh, there in the, stu- live, the studio audience there uh, for Jimmy Fallon last night. And he'll be back in a couple of weeks, of course, uh, getting ready for SNL March 4th. It's shocking. I, I guess I didn't think that. I thought maybe there was a chance one day a Kansas City Chief might host SNL, but I didn't think yeah, it was the second was, Super Bowl title. I just honest. assumed it'd be Mahomes. Yeah, as I be honest, you thought it was Patrick Mahomes. Dude, not Kelsey Travis is the better Kelsey. choice for the SNL hosting. Patrick Mahomes is, you know, the greatest quarterback most talented quarterback to ever play in NFL history, but Kelsey's the better choice, right? Is there any other player you'd want a cameo from? We've mentioned every other person. Is there any other member of the Kansas City Chiefs team who you think would make a funny cameo on Chris Saturday Jones. Night Live? Oh, yeah. He would be hilarious. I don't know if he will make the cameo, but he Chris Jones would be pretty funny. Frank Clark, I don't think he's... Like, I'm telling you, you also understand it has to be a name and a face that someone could walk on set and people would know right away. Do you think that that like do you I mean I know we in Kansas City we got to remember this is we're in Kansas City so we recognize a lot of these guys. Chris Jones has some, a chance to play the Super Some Bowl. random NFL fan that lives in Minnesota. If someone walks on stage, who are the Chiefs players they would recognize Mahomes, immediately? Kelsey. It used to be Hill. Chris Jones. Is that it? I think so. Juju only because of the TikTok stuff in the past. Yeah, maybe. he's got a good but social media following, that's, but that's that not going to be, be him. Crossover as SNL audience. Juju's a free agent, so I don't think he's going to be part of this anyway. Man, I can't wait. I'm really hoping that we get a number of the sketches that like, I just want him to have one iconic sketch because athletes don't come back a second time. Right. I mean, this is kind of your one-off opportunity. And, and you know, it's funny. It's like the SNL thing is partially what I think eventually propelled Peyton Manning into the media stuff. He did look, he's great at it, 
But, like, when he had those moments, people were like, oh, my God, this guy's really funny and affable and likable, and we like him. So let's put him on. T- let's. He's going to start his own production company. Now he's going to do the side <laughs> broadcast because that's what it feels like it could be, a jump start for all that stuff for Kelsey. He has one of the most popular podcasts on the planet. Mm-hmm. He is done his own dating show. He's getting ready to host SNL. His media future after oh, the he, NFL he he is incredibly bright. If he wants to be a studio analyst for Fox, fine. He wants to start his own media company and do these like alt broadcasts like Peyton Manning does. Also an available option to him. He's going to have the world open to him that way. He'll be able to do whatever the hell he yeah, wants. We saw him kind of guest host the ESPYs this past year. And he, you know, he wasn't on stage. They kind of had him doing some stuff backstage and some interviews and some funny stuff. He, he's going to have all kinds of opportunities. And I think this is also another sign of that. He was on Fallon last night. He's going to be on SNL in, in a couple of Saturdays. And he will be able to be part of, you know, the, the red carpet shows for award shows in the future. If he wants to, to maybe have an acting career, whatever he wants to do, I think Travis Kelsey will have that opportunity. He's, he's obviously got an unbelievable personality and he's got the, the stardom to go with it. Now people know, people know who he is more than ever. Other than Patrick Mahomes, he's the single biggest star in the chiefs Absolutely. and probably will be for Absolutely. a very, very, very long. Time. <laughs> Someone says Creed Humphrey. I don't think it'll be him. We love our guy Creed. That would be shows up, but yeah. he's a pretty timid dude. Yeah, I don't think it'll be Creed making the cameo with Travis Kelsey if anybody does, but uh, that would be that would be fun. If he's doing that, if Creed Humphrey's on there, <laughs> they're gonna have some skit with the entire offensive line where they almost say no lines, but like block <laughs> for him in a business setting office or something. Like that's the only choice, right? If it's Creed Humphrey, it's the entire offensive right, but line. It's not not Mahomes, but it's not Mahomes. But it's not Mahomes. This is Kelsey. It's not Mahomes on the show. If yeah, Mahomes no. on the show, maybe it'd be something. Makes more sense that way. What do you? What did you make of the video that's been going around from the parade, though? Where Mahomes and like I think there's a replica. They had maybe multiple Lombardis. Yeah, that's reported. Right, they had case. multiple Lombardis on the parade route, but Mahomes I was think taking a photo and he just <laughs> handed a fan the Lombardi trophy and walked away. Dude, look at the look on his face. And <laughs> he's like, "Ah, it's my file photo, yeah." And he just hands that thing like he's probably had to hand the Lombardi to several people over the time of having it. Be like, "All right, take this." I think he just, I think he was just drunk, man. He wasn't thinking about handing off, even whether it was a replica or the real thing. He was not thinking about handing off the Lombardi trophy. Yeah. I love that, by the way. It's like they were going to get it back. Some people said Fine. that maybe that trophy was one of those replicas that somebody yeah. had in the crowd and handed to Mahomes, and he was actually just giving it back. But either way, uh, Mahomes, as they should, it looked like they were having a, a, a great time. Have you considered buying yourself a replica Lombardi trophy? I've seen some of them. They look pretty cool. I have. It's not. A, I wouldn't call it a. It doesn't. It's not the replicas that that you're talking about. But I do have a signed like Frank Clark trophy that is shaped like the Lombardi, but it's not a replica Lombardi. If that makes sense. Like it's basically just a football trophy, but it's signed by him. I got it from some auction site after they won it in 2020, and it's signed by Frank. Okay, so you're probably due back up. I need another you gotta one. Get a, you got to get a 2023 one. Maybe so. But for those of you in the, the KC area, you probably have seen there's a lot of players that are doing autograph-type yeah. signings. I think uh, I won't name the place because I'm not going to get a free pub, but I think Sky Moore is doing a signing tonight at a local sporting good place. was doing one at some uh, point. McDuffie today. I'll mention this one because we do stuff with them. But uh, McDuffie today is doing a photo signing at one of the Rally House locations today. No autographs, but doing a photo op uh, today. I think you. I can't remember which location, but look into that if you want. I know there's Chiefs fans trying to, to do all that kind of stuff right now. I always try to remember, like, we know that everyone's favorite player, if you're a kid, is Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey. But if you're the odd kid who's like, no, my favorite player is blank, who's even, who's the choice? You think it's like a Pacheco? For what now? Like, if you're a kid, you're 10 years old, yeah. and you're like, oh. you, you pull 200 elementary school kids who are all 10. You say, who's your favorite player on the Chiefs? All right, I think Mahomes. 90, yeah, Mahomes. 90, say, 90 say Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. 
I would say ninety five. It might be. It but might there's be, always it might there, be there, there's always the odd kid who's going to give like an answer that isn't one of those two. Ooh. If it's not one Chris of those Jones, two, then which player is it? Might be Chris. Might be Chris after that. It's always going to be it's Kedler or Pacheco. It's like skill position guys, you know. Yeah, I told you my nephew after uh, in twenty twenty. Damian after, Williams, Dave, Damian player, Williams was his favorite player, and then of course he left. And now I'm guessing his answer is probably Patrick Mahomes. You have to ask him. Find out. I, I do need to find out because he went. He went to an autograph signing for. Uh, for Damian Williams, so. wouldn't wouldn't Nick Bolton be a pretty good candidate? I mean, he played if locally. If you're a Missouri Tigers fan yeah. too, yeah. If you're a little kid and you also your dad also your parents like the Tigers, and then right. you, that would seem you he know, made big plays in the Super Bowl. That seems plausible. Yeah, Te- Nick Bolton. Text line by the way saying actually that Fesco and the guys this morning had the gentleman from the crowd on with that trophy, and he said he he did bring his own and it was oh, a replica. Okay, okay. I, I didn't know they had one on the show this morning. It's go. pretty funny because Mahomes it, in the video just appears like Mahomes doesn't care about the Lamar Trophy, which should be pretty good. Coming up next, though, there is some news we'll be tracking out in D.C. today involving Eric Bieniemy and what it feels like is actually going to happen and what category EB has put himself in. We'll tell you that next. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. Just getting started here on a Friday. Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tap with you. Jed Marshall in for Nick Schwartz. We'll get to Jed Talks coming up in about 12 minutes or so. Also, Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, our Chiefs Insider, going to join us in studio. We get a full hour coming up at 11 o'clock. Keep an eye on what's going up in D.C. with uh, the coaching carousel, in particular the uh, offensive coordinator opening there. There continues to be more and more reports about Eric Bieniemy. more reports that it seems like this thing is going to actually happen. Sounds like with it. With Eric Bieniemy becoming the OC with the Washington Commanders. The, the latest is from Darren Haynes. Darren Haynes is a uh, sports director for WUSA 9 in Washington, D.C., uh, and he covers the Washington Commanders, and he says, quote, this is within the last five or ten minutes, process to hire Eric Bieniemy as Commander's new head coach, OC, I should say, OC, is moving and just has to get to the right spot. Bieniemy is currently meeting with various staff to get an in-depth feel for where things are and how he would lead. Went on to say Dan Snyder flew the team president, Jason Wright, who was in L.A., out to D.C. to meet with Eric Bieniemy. Ron Rivera wanted Jason there to help seal the deal because Jason and Eric Bieniemy are from the same area in California. Their high schools were 13 miles apart. And Darren Haynes went on to say he's hearing nothing but positive things about Eric Bieniemy's interview. One source says Bieniemy is, quote, the real deal. Tough blow for the crowd that says EB doesn't interview well. What I'm confused by is, so EB interviews well for OC jobs, but I'm supposed to believe that he's just a terrible interview for the head coach openings. That's why all that stuff to me was always a bunch of crap. Of course Cody. it was. There's so many things that I don't understand that, like, must have been said, what seriously, one time. And we are just to believe it. By the way, not from any of the people who are actually doing the interviewing. Like one person one time is like, I've heard he's not a good interview. And it wasn't even like a massive guy. It wasn't Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter, Albert Breer. No, just some blog dude one time said that Eric Binney does an interview well. Now we perpetuated this stereotype. You know what other one happens then? Is that the players hate him. Have you heard any <laughs> player besides LaShawn McCoy Say they don't like Eric Bieniemy. As a matter of fact, I have 400 examples I can give you of players talking about how they love him. Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I can go on and on if you want. They're all pretty big name players, kind of stars, you know. I can give them all of their names, and I can give you all these examples of how they talk about how he's a genius, how great he is, how great he is to work with, including the guys he currently works with, like Matt Nagy. 
and Andy Reid. And he could have taken it as some threat that Matt Nagy came back, a guy who's a former head coach and a former offensive coordinator. But reports are they love working together. Weird. <laughs> One dude, LaShawn McCoy, who got bitched for sucking ass. He's the guy. He's our source for Eric Bieniemy. doesn't get along with players. I hate this. Look, I, I, I'm happy for Eric Bieniemy if this is the job he decides he wants to take. If this is the move he honestly thinks is best for him. I've, I've taken, like, any, I, a lot of people in life have taken a job that they're not sure is best for them. Goal, I don't, like, I don't even know if you've been in that situation. I know I have for a fact. Like, maybe when you were going to Topeka, you're like, is this actually a better move for me? And you're questioning it, and you're trying to decide. And then in the long run, you decide, you know what? For right now, I think that this is going to get me to where I want to be. And I think that that's how Eric Benjamin is looking at this job. He shouldn't have to take what is probably one of the bottom five offensive coordinator jobs in the NFL. Just from a talent perspective, who's going to be your quarterback perspective, uh, I don't know, structure of the entire organization, ownership perspective. Yeah. Luckily, they're going to have a new owner here soon, it looks yeah, like. Yeah, um, but I'm with you, though, like what you're saying. it's. But I'm happy it, for him it, if he thinks it's best for him. Whatever the current route has been hasn't worked, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of where you're at. You can, it's it's not fair, if you will. It doesn't make sense. But if you're trying to become a head coach, and of course he's trying to become a head coach, uh, you once a current path isn't working, you try to find does the other path lead me to my goals? And there's a chance that this path leads him to that. My question with it would be: A, what reassurance do you have, if any, that? Ron Rivera has job security that he's not out in one year. Dan Snyder can tell because you the next owner has it for you. If Ron Rivera and I don't, I don't, I don't know if it. To me, from the outside, it seems like it's playoff or bust next year for Ron Rivera and, and the Commanders. Let's say it's not a good year; they miss the playoffs, and let's say they move on from Ron Rivera. Then you're without a job, and then what? Then then what? Now look, he can um, get an OC job with a bunch of other teams, and, and somebody else would probably hire him. But still, but what's also the benchmark? You know, I think Dana and Hughes brought up a fair point yesterday that what new standard are people going to try to create? What new hurdle? What new you know, obstacles for EB? Let's say EB gets the commanders to a top 15 offense. Is that good enough? Is that where everybody's going to say, oh, wow, he did that without Andy, without Mahomes? Or are people going to say, well, that's only 15th. I mean, <laughs> he would have been top 10. And then we're going to make new hurdles, new top obstacles, 10. why he's not a head coach next year. Because based on everything everybody said, if he goes to D.C. and has success, Cody, he should have no problem getting a head coaching gig next year, right? Or are we going to have new new BS reasons that come up? Because you laid out all the ones that have been floated out there, and I think they're all ridiculous. Uh, clearly, there is something that's preventing him. And if he goes and becomes the O.C. in D.C. and has success and still can't get a head coaching gig, then I'm sorry. We, you, people, people can disagree with this all they want. At that point, there is only one damn thing that stands out. Race. And that will be it. That will be it. And he will be joining on at that point, I would think, to some type of lawsuit with Brian Flores. I hope that's not the path. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope if this is what he thinks is best, he takes this OC job, he has success with whatever quarterback he's going to work with there in D.C. Right now, it looks like Sam Howell. And then he becomes a head coach the year after. As far as what it means for Kansas City if he leaves... It's pretty simple. Matt Nagy's going to get promoted to OC, and they'll move Seems on. Seems fairly obvious. By the way, there have been 16 head coaches hired since Eric Bieniemy started interviewing to be head coach. Gold of all, or 16 coaches of the the jobs that became open, right? And he's interviewed for almost all of them. Of the 16 positions, the times he's interviewed to be the head coach, only three of them have ever even made the playoffs: Bruce Arians, Brandon Staley, and Zach Taylor. And just as a reminder. Brandon Staley has played in a singular postseason game, which he didn't even win. 
So, not great. So those are all the guys. But you know, seven of them have already been fired? Like, think about that. Of the 16 jobs you interview, seven of them have been fired. They include some absolutely, just to be clear, wretched head coaches. Adam Gase, Urban Meyer, Nathaniel Hackett, David Culley, Brian Flores, Joe Judge, and Matt Rule. So there's a bunch who are going to get fired, a bunch who have already been fired, and three who managed to, like, one who's had a ton of postseason success, Bruce Arians, one who got to a Super Bowl in Zach Taylor, and one who's coached in a singular playoff game in the only time he's ever even made it. It's laughable. Like, to me, at the very least, if you're a smart person, which, you know, sometimes I think people think NFL owners are rich and powerful, so they must be smart. That's not how this works. If you're smart, you probably ought to look at your process. So let's just even, let's even entertain for a second, Gold, the notion that Eric Beanie actually is a bad interview. Um, this might be one of those cases that you trust the results more than the interview. Trust that what your eyes tell you are more important than what you're hearing in one interview in a microchasm of what has been five years of being the best offense in the damn NFL. I hate that he has to take this step. I'm really, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm genuinely happy for him if he thinks this is best and he's decided this for himself and it's not decided for him. And it's not like Andy Reid's pushing him out the door. I don't think anything like that's yeah. going on. Because people will always be like, well, then, yeah, you know, if they liked EB so much in camp, this is the other stuff that if you get asked by nationally, they'll be like, uh, if, he, if they liked EB so much, why was he only on a one-year contract? I'm like, I got bad news for you. That's how every coordinator contract in the NFL works. They're all on one or two years deals. That's how they all work. The one that just got signed in New England, that is a rarity. When a guy sends a five-year deal to be an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator, that's weird. The commonplace gold, as you and I know, is one or two years. Yeah, I mean, from, from the 620 on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line, it says, you guys have already answered why he's not a head coach yet. You just said he's leaving and no one's concerned about it. Let me go back a couple years. When okay. Doug Peterson left, were you concerned? No, because you still have Andy Reid. That's why, of course, you're not concerned. That speaks more about Andy Reid than it does anybody else. Doug when Peterson Matt went Nag- on when and Matt Nagy went to the Super Bowl. And won, won, a, Super won Bowl. a Super Bowl. Matt Nagy, when he left. He won coach nobody, of the year. Nobody was concerned. You're right, because Andy Reid was still here. It has nothing to do with the quality of the person leaving. It's still, of course, you're going to feel good because Andy Reid is still here. That has nothing. That's not an indictment on Eric Bieniemy that people would be okay with Matt Nagy just getting promoted and move on with their day if EB gets the job. Those other guys didn't call plays. Those other guys got head coaching gigs as well. Just because the the organization keeps on moving when someone leaves doesn't mean that they don't deserve the opportunity to become a head coach. In this case, now we're talking about being an offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. And I, I think it's, I saw Carrington just tweet this, and I think it's a fair point too. It is weird how we're getting all this play-by-play of how the OC interview process is going for EB and DC, but yet whenever he interviewed for the 16 or Crickets. 17 head coaching opportunities, we never got a word about how the interviews went or anything. Isn't that weird? Is that not weird so, to you? Of course. Oh yeah. It's shocking. By the way, Bill Belichick, another coach, you would say that nobody was ever worried if somebody left them, right? Nobody's ever like, Oh my God, what is he going to do if Matt Patricia goes or Bill O'Brien or Josh McDaniel? You realize he's had 11 of his assistants become head coaches. 11. It seems like an Andy Reid's case, whether it be think, like um, old guys, like guys who used to be on staff with him. Rivera or McDermott. There does seem to be one overriding difference. Do you think Matt Nagy, who had success in what year one and two, I guess it would be right with a a guy that was not his quarterback, but it was Mitchell Trubisky. Do you think that he had success? And then of course it did not end. He won coach of the year as a reminder. And and once the playoffs, 
And of course, it didn't. Twice. It, it didn't he end well. Twice. It, and look, it was a mess at the end, right? It was time to move on. And it was he's but, coached some more playoff but, games than Brandon Staley's right, ass in his three even, years, and his Mitch Trubisky right. was his co- his quarterback. Right, but that I, I bring it up only for this. Do you think did that hurt, Eric? Do you think did that hurt Eric Bieniemy? Fair or not? Do you think that? He was one, even though Doug Peterson had success and won a Super Bowl. Do you think that how things went for Matt Nagy in Chicago hurt him? I think they shouldn't be connected, but do you think that if we, we flip the no. script here a little bit, do you think that if Eric Bieniemy would have been the second one out of the door? No. I think this because goes of the back, Bill Belichick thing I yeah. just said, the most successful Bill Belichick disciple ever is Bill O'Brien, who we largely call like a boob. We're like, ah, oh, look at that dummy. He's the most successful one. It is not stop. Josh McDaniels just got a job last year. I can't tell you the last coach who's left Bill Belichick and actually been successful gold. And they just keep hiring him. They just keep bringing him in. Right. I just hope we're not sitting here this time next year. Uh, and, and a Ron Rivera has been fired. And then EB is forced to go be an OC somewhere else again. Or we're sitting here a year from now and Washington actually has success. And somehow Eric, the enemy was Sam Howell or whoever the hell the quarterback is. And that, to me, is my biggest concern. Uh, with yeah, you're stuck with um, Sam Howell. They should go to Derek Carr. Talk about say, a team that could use just like a stable quarterback. Let's say Eric Bieniemy gets Washington to a top, you know, top twelve, top fifteen offense. I, I don't, I don't know what what people think the benchmark should be, but if he's still not getting a head coaching job after doing that, then 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 what is the excuse at that point? I, I was trying to look it up. I don't know what the Commanders' offensive ranking was this past year. They started multiple quarterbacks. They started multiple quarterbacks. 24th. Twenty fourth in points per game. So if he gets them to twelve to fifteen, with, that's with hypothetically with Sam Howell. Yeah. What more would you want to know? <laughs> and look, I think Ron Rivera. You know, we we've, we've joked about him on this show a little bit in terms of the respect across the league that people have for him. The same type of respect that people have for Andy Reid. I mean, I think it's a a, a good coach to work under if you're going to be an OC again. Uh, and not not be a head coach, I think, for Eric Bieniemy, that that is a a good individual to be working with by all accounts. Everybody has said he's yeah he's he's a very good person. Ron Rivera is and all that. I just worry about his his own job security there. It's more than fair. I'm just I you know, it seems like we just run into the, it's like the same five excuses people like to run into the ground, and half of them, three or four of them, you have no basis. You're just saying it. You're just saying things that we have no evidence. Nobody's ever called him a bad interview. You're just assuming that. Mm-hmm. Nobody is saying it. So it's like it doesn't make any sense to me that we keep going back through these same things. Gotta write something down. Nick's Notable Notes. Oh, that means it's actually Jed Talks. Jed Talks. Jed Marshall in for Nick Short. Well, we had alluded to something that I'll get to at the very end, but I wanted to uh, get your guys' thoughts on something Super Bowl-related because you guys had, what, pretty nice digs and nice Airbnb when you were down in uh, The Airbnb was quite, honestly... They had just renovated is what nice. it was. They had just redone it. I mean, you could smell the, like, the... the the, the what do you call it the the, the grout not the grout yeah the, yeah no the, the grout that's yeah. what you're talking about yeah. I left it a very kind review wow you smell the grout that does sound nice well <laughs> Rihanna might have had a little bit better digs I'm not sure if she could smell the grout but reports are coming out saying that she spent over five hundred thousand dollars on a rental property what do you guys think yours cost close to that well, we know what it costs we actually I know exactly what it costs we cost. can take you the exact Should amount I get, am, what's the company policy in this am eh, I allowed to amount the it. exact go, dollar amount go ahead and share for our stay Sunday cheap. through Friday night cheap uh, so what five six nights day it was fifteen hundred dollars fifty six cent or fifteen fifty six seventy one that's that, the exact, I don't know why I know the exact total. I put in the receipt last night. And Jed, that is Super Bowl raids. I mean, that's Super Bowl week. So things are jacked up a little bit. 
So pretty close to what Rihanna spent. But pretty do you close. think yeah. that she had the uh, pleasure of having Pete Sweeney crash on the couch? Probably not. No, Pete's going to join us. We'll talk about that. His sleep schedule is all out of whack. Well, hearing your guys' coverage, and you guys did a great job, but hearing Pete, it also doesn't sound like he was really working that hard. It seems like he would sleep late and, uh, you know, not really show up for a lot of the events. Maybe we can get into that. Wow. With he did show up to a lot of events. He was burning the midnight oil, presumably now that we know, working on his book. Which is dad is ghostwriting, by the way. Uh, <laughs> moving on to weekend events, a big weekend for the three locals on the hardwood. K-State taking on Iowa State tomorrow at 1, Kansas versus Baylor tomorrow at 3, and Mizzou taking on Texas A&M tomorrow at 5. So nice, staggered out, little pace. What game are you guys most excited for? I mean, KU Baylor. I mean, I think that is a massive game for the Big 12 race, considering how tight the top of the conference is. I mean, if Kansas wins that game, you can make a strong argument they should move up to number one in the country. Purdue just lost again, guys. Purdue's lost back-to-back games. They were number three in the country. If KU beats Baylor, I think KU might be number one in the country. They got a pretty good chance to be that. I am interested in Kansas State, Iowa State, because Kansas State, for as good as they've been this year, and they have these wins against top-flight programs throughout the season, they're also wildly inconsistent. They're on back-to-back losses to Tech and Oklahoma. I want to see how they hold up against mm-hmm. Oklahoma State now that they're back at home. You know, they lost those two road games in the Big 12 because no one in the Big 12 is easy. I kind of want to see how they hold up. They've got because every time if you're playing Big 12 turn Big 12 schedule, it's like every game is a ranked opponent. So it's like they're all top 25 games. Fair. Not interested in Missouri at all. Really? Uh, Going yeah. up against a, an 11 and 2 team in the SEC? I think Texas A&M is an underrated team. I think this is a big game for all three. I'm probably with Alex, probably because my allegiance. Tends to, to go with uh, <laughs> the University of Kansas, not with gold. I don't. It might just be them. because Auburn thirty balled Missouri. I just can't. They're just not as good yeah, as the other. You're right. Teams. You're right. K State needs this one bad this weekend. They but do. You talk about the inconsistencies of K State. I mean, you're seeing that same thing with Missouri as well. They're beating Alabama, and then as you mentioned, getting thirty balled by Auburn. So Why if they're beating Tennessee? Like they beat a top ten team like a week and a half ago, right? and then got thirty balled by Auburn. Yeah, it's not been pretty. So you guys had mentioned your weekend plans. It sounds like gold. You're going to do some porch drinking, Cody. It sounds like you're going to be. Working on your fence, maybe? Yeah, probably. I don't know. I haven't taken care of that problem. That fence fell in my house like a week ago, and it's not like the tree fell on my fence a week ago, and I haven't solved it yet. Well, I guess this is uh, the last one because it gets into the beauties of home ownership. So in this past week, my wife and I have had someone drive and get their car stuck in our front yard, tearing up our entire front yard. I showed Cody the picture. Why did they drive in your front yard? They didn't. They thought it was a road or what? No. Were they drunk? Well, it was at like... 2.30 in the afternoon, so I hope Uh, not. The police uh, also didn't give this young man a breathalyzer, any sort of uh, toxicology test. He probably just wasn't paying attention. Sure, if that helps you. I think he was probably drunk. I think he was, too. Well, they didn't breathalyze. So we had that, as I mentioned, our yard got tore up. And Mm -hmm. then uh, last night, we also had our bathtub get backed up, and now we found out that the sewer line is ruined and it's going to oh, cost no, us $9,000. $9,000? $9,000. Man, we're going to Damn, this not, how long ago they, did you buy this house? My wife bought, bought it four it? years ago. Wait, was this not covered in the inspection? It was, and she, at that point, paid $6,000 to have the sewer line replaced, oh. which apparently they did not do. So they took her $6,000. Oh, you no. guys. So she signs... The, you know, obviously, the, she, she signs the house. And part of the agreement is that they're going to replace the sewer line for the $6,000. And yes. so they never actually paid to get it fixed. No. Can't you guys prove that? 
I, mean, uh, like, I would think so, but it doesn't seem like it's going to be very easy. So are these the, people in like the Cayman Islands or something? I don't know. They just pop, so if I seem a little, call them out. What are their names? I don't know. Name them. If I seem a little distracted today, that might be why. Um, you're gonna have to go. The, uh, just don't take the Chiefsaholic path, please. Don't don't try to raise money <laughs> for your sewer line by stopping off anywhere. ESPN had a big front page story on him today, by the way. Yeah, there's a part of that I got to get to in a random question. Yeah, there's yeah, a vi- yeah. there's one specific part of that I got to get to in a random question later today. And Alex, you know How me much? well enough that if I'm making a random stop, it's definitely not going to be to rob someone. It's going to be at a place in Missouri where I'll be able to hopefully alleviate some of these troubles. Well, Those le- were it's, Jed it's talks. It's definitely legal now. So this is the first time Jed's produced our show with a legal recreational marijuana yeah. market in Sponsored the state of Missouri. It. Sponsored True. by now. Officially, Jet Talks is sponsored by the legalization hey, of marijuana Jed, get, in Get sponsored, man. Get yourself some money. I'd like to. I did make a, a trip to one of the dispensaries. Would took you, a long time. Do you would you accept the, trade from the dispensary? Oh, absolutely. Do you think the, the car incident in any way impacted what we're talking about on the sewer line? Like, did it mess up your yard so much that it damaged the sewer line, you think? I don't think so. Okay, but you think it's who just knows? Back, you just think it's been bad. It's really up for a just, while. I guess, it's just really been an uh, awesome week of home ownership. So, how much sewage would you say you had to deal with? with as part of this problem well the bathtub i don't know it probably took us 15 20 minutes with buckets full text line at a time good times text line trying to help you out they said they're they said they're a plumber did you camera the line a tub backup wouldn't mean a broken main line but you already had somebody come out yeah we had someone out there this morning i wasn't there because i had to come in and prepare for this wonderful show. show i'm sure my wife is loving dealing with this by herself so no i don't know if they cameraed it but I would assume that they probably did. I hope. Mm. If this plumber wants to go by, shoot, <laughs> I'll give you my cell phone number. <laughs> you just want to take a quick peek. That's. I hope it's pro man. bono that if this sucks, plumber man. wants to come by. The 816 is suggesting you just commit arson. Just burn the house down, oh, collect geez. the insurance money, get a different house. I'd like to do that. I'm quite certain that they would be able to piece together who burned down the house. Mm. You don't think you could commit arson in a way that they wouldn't know it was arson? Are you no. advocating for arson? No, I just that that's what the text line was advocating for. I mean, for. I, the the only thing that I could think of that would be a plausible way is if I flicked one of my cigarettes and it caught a whole bunch of leaves on fire and at that point there's negligence at that point. Chad, now somebody's saying any fiber optic lines laid recently. Parents had the same thing come up. It was 14k, but the company ended up having to pay for it cuz it was their fault for laying the fiber optic line. I'm not sure. We live in Kansas City, Kansas, so I'm sure it's going to be a real blast. If you do live in KCK, that's not a shot at you. It's just a shot at the the <laughs> county and city. Oh, man, that's awful. Enjoy home ownership, I guess. Yikes. No, I want to go back to renting, Oh, you Alex. do. You do. I'm going to come and stay with you, me and Lean, posting up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> could, you, could you get a place could with two imagine? bedrooms instead of one? You know. Yeah. I mean, the way rent prices are going, I feel like I should be owning a house because I feel like I'm just throwing money away every month. Your rent might be as much as my mortgage. It's more, I think. We've talked no about way. this. No way. It's not more, right? No, we've talked about I mean, I'm just not going to share it on air. But you and I have talked. I think it is, actually. Let's discuss it after the air, and then we'll yeah. discuss who's paying more. It's, I, I eventually might. At some point, I'm going to get to a point where I'm, I would like to, you know, actually be building up equity in something I'm throwing money at every single month. Did this story not teach you? Never but, but, own. But Always I, rent. I have to fix my whole damn fence. Exactly. Again, right, but can't for you, the second time. For the sewer line backup, can't you pay like it's like a small amount per month just in case this happens? Probably. I would assume that there's some sort of insurance thing, but without having all the details and not being there to help, I, I don't have any more information. All Man, I know is it sounds simple. like you need to be suing the pre- previous owner. Sounds like you need, a, you need to get an attorney. This is the second person, by the way, who said that they had to pay fourteen five. So discount, maybe. Maybe 9000 not so bad, Jeff. Yeah, maybe not. 
Think about all those, this radio money that I'm making. Buy like a, you know, it's like buying a used Camry you can't drive. Those are Jed talks. Unfortunate news there in the Jed household, though. Uh, text line, I think, is going to help you out. You might want to check out the text line a little bit, Jed. See people maybe can help you out a little bit. But coming up next, we get to the 11 o'clock hour. Pete Sweeney, our Chiefs insider from Arrowhead Pride, is going to join us in studio. He's got a new book out. We'll also get into what occurred on a certain Saturday in Arizona. Next.